Good morning, everyone. How's everybody doing today? Great. Thank you for being in the room with us this morning. Thank you for joining us online today. Well, it is Vision Sunday, and as I mentioned last week, um, last week was our 10th anniversary uh, in this building. Now, if you're new to the City Church, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna tell you a story today. You ready for a good story? Because it's good to, to know where we have come from, and then it helps us to know that helps us to know where we are going. Um, this church officially got its start, um, as, as, as the government would tell us, in 1986. And then my pastor, my pastor, my dad, same thing, um, <laughs> became pastor in 1989. Unfortunately, uh, the original pastor actually had died in a car accident in uh, 1988, really hard for the congregation. And so my parents came in 1989 when I was 19 years old uh, to, start pastor, to start pastoring this church. And they um, had started uh, building a church building at 5881 Credit View Road. And um, so my parents came in during this season. And how many of you know that when a pastor dies, it's hard for a congregation? Would you agree? And so, you know, they came in the midst of a very difficult situation and looking at the building that was being built, um, um, you know, there was, a, there was a lot of debt involved with building a church building. It's, it's, it's an expensive endeavor to build a church building. And so my parents looked into all of the books and different things like that. And as they built this building, they realized um, to not necessarily blame money, but over 20 different people and organizations were owed money. And so my dad thought it best to, you know, to finish the building and then just to start moving forward from there. And in the early 90s in Mississauga, you know, there was a lot of land still left in Mississauga. And one of the uh, thoughts that my dad had um, in that season was maybe we could sell that existing building and that land at 5881 Credit View and so they looked at doing that. And in the time, in the market that it existed now, they, they could sell the property and the building, but what was owed on the property and the building was more than what they could have got for the building itself. And how many know that's not a good idea? You, you sell it and then you still owe money on a piece of land and building that you don't actually have. And as I'm thinking about this story that I'm telling you now, the reason that I'm telling you this story, we're, gonna, we're celebrating here as a church family together today, but not only is this a celebration uh, for us as a church and a thankfulness for us as a church, but the story that I'm going to tell you, it's a true story because I was here <laughs> for the whole uh, big part of it. But the other thing is that it should encourage you today, all right? I want you to be encouraged today um, because I feel like a lot of people have a God dream on the inside of them, and it could be for a lot of different things. It could be you maybe have a dream to be a business owner. You could have a dream to own a home, or you could have a dream for a thousand and one different things. And sometimes when we have those God-given dreams, sometimes they take longer than we want, I would say most of the time. And so in the middle of those times, it's easy to quit, to give up, and this story will encourage you not to quit and to give up. So in this season, uh, you know, it was really difficult for the church. The church owed a lot of money. And 
You know, if you know my parents who are over here, uh, again, I mentioned recently that they're celebrating 60 years being married this September. And, uh, you know, my dad now is a, is a soft-hearted, soft-spoken, generous grandpa. <laughs> but back in the day, he was a lion with the full mane. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> And he was the right man uh, for the task in this season. And, and, you know, there was just a lot of people would threaten to foreclose on the church. And there was one specific realtor that came in and was in the lobby of our old building and looked at my dad and said, and said Reverend, you're never going to keep this building. And my dad looked at him and stepped towards him and said, and you're never going to have it either. That's just one example of my dad back in the day. Super soft now, gentle but no millennials would be able to work for him. Just saying. (laughs) They would all be crying day one. (laughs) But he got to have his family work for him. So we cried later. Um, (laughs) So in this season of our church was about 30 years ago now um, that my dad had... I, I, it's a, I would say it's a God-given dream. It's, it's a declaration of faith. It's a, a moment of being aware of where a church is and how difficult it is for a church to pay off a building and, and different things like that, that uh, the financial stress for many churches that build, build buildings is very difficult, very hard. And so in that moment, my, my dad had a dream, not just for the church building they had just got into in the first part of 1990, but then for another church building. And the phrase, the declaration, the prayer sounded like this. When we get into our new building, when we turn the key, we'll be debt free. Now, what I would say, living this out with my parents, being here for this whole time, is that that was an impossible dream. We couldn't even pay, we couldn't even barely afford the mortgage payment of the church building we were in, let alone have a whole other church building paid off. Do you know what I'm saying? And then you you couldn't sell it for what it was worth. So it was just a really bad time, a really difficult season. And so, but this was in my dad's heart. This was a dream, a God-given dream, I would say. And this declaration out of his mouth. So my parents pastored for, you know, from 1989 until 2008 when I took over the lead role, but my parents were still here and we still had this dream. And during that whole 20-year period that they were pastoring, we would go look at church buildings, not, build, not church buildings, but buildings in Mississauga and, and dream a little bit and, you know, try to find something. And we, we looked at a bunch of buildings, a bunch actually here on Argenti. We had some drawings built up and different things like that, but there was always a struggle with the parking and the finances didn't make sense and just, just a, a bunch of things like that. So when 2010 rolled around, we, I would say that we kind of had stopped looking a little bit. Not that the dream had weighed necessarily. I had taken over from my dad about two years previous and Nicole and I were just figuring out how to be lead pastors during that season. And then uh, we lived in Milton. And so I was driving to the church one day and I had to get off the 401 that was blocked here between um, Winston Churchill and Mississauga Road. And I had to get off at Winston Churchill and I drove down Argenti and I passed by this building and it had a for sale sign up. 
I said, oh, that's a nice building. So I reached back out to our realtor who I hadn't talked to in the better part of a year and a half, two years. And I said, hey, you know, and it was very nonchalant, very relaxed. And, you know, we didn't really, I didn't really necessarily have like, this is the one. Because, you know, when you, has anyone ever been disappointed? And then you kind of like don't want to get your expectations up. You think, I'm just going to be disappointed again. Just <laughs> so, hey, let's go look at this building. And so we looked, we came over and my realtor had told me that the sign had just gone up three days earlier. So we came over on a Wednesday, walked through the building, and I'm like, I really like this building. I had been in a lot of buildings with my wife and my parents, and we had dreamed, and again, we had building drawings and done, and even at one time, we had considered doing a capital campaign at our old property, but my dad never had any peace about it, so we just didn't do it. And that's really what churches do, and again, there's nothing wrong with doing a capital campaign, but the lion said no, so we didn't do a capital campaign, you know what I'm saying? We weren't voting about it. Um, (laughs) So... You know, and in this season, in this 20 years, we had a lot of different things happen. Just we had the Catholic Church come to us at one time and offer us uh, some money, and it was, you know, it was big dollars, and it was like, great, exciting, but we had nowhere to go. We couldn't find a building, and then we had the city come to us, and the city had wanted to buy our property and put up um, two uh, retirement buildings, and we're like, great, offer, fantastic. We didn't have anywhere to go. So we went through the process and we, there's so many different details I'm leaving out. If I tell you the whole story, it actually would be about an hour and a half because there's so many points of favor along the way that are just truly amazing. And we had favor at the city. Uh, There's so many great stories there that we had just favor and we, we got to meet one person who helped us to meet another person who helped us to meet another right person. Do you know what I'm talking about? And so all of those dominoes fell in place for us for, you know, for this to become a church building. But the final thing was we wanted to get enough money, obviously, to, to pay for the building because we, weren't, we hadn't done a capital campaign. So the goal would be to sell our other property and to buy this building. And so during that 20-year period, where in the early 90s, there was just a ton of land available, and you know, so the land wasn't necessarily that valuable. Fast forward 20 years, and how many know 20 years is 20 years? It doesn't take you that long to say 20 years, but friends, 20 years is 20 years. It's 20 years of Sundays and dreaming and declaration when we turn the key we'll be debt free. So we got to this time in the market in Mississauga and early on what we got for it wouldn't pay what we owed. At this time, we were one of the last parcels of land in Mississauga. You know what happens with supply and demand. So the demand went up for the property that we owed, that we owned at that time. So we put it on the market and that first day it was on the market, we had 16 different offers. And how many know that's a good thing? (laughs) So we took the top three and we said, make sure this is your best offer. Because here's the deal. We were going to only sell that property once. And listen, we were going to maximize it for the kingdom of God. (laughs) We were. And you know, after the the final offer came in, which I'll explain in a minute, you know, one of the, one of the businesses, the 
the developers that lost out said, well, that company's never gonna make any money off of that property. And I'm like, I don't care. That's their problem, that's not our problem. <laughs> We're selling this for the kingdom of God. <laughs> so on that day when those, those three final offers came in, there was one obvious winner that day. And on that day, in February 2011, the offer was big enough for us to pay off our remaining mortgage at our own building, at our old building, buy this building outright and have enough money left over for renovations. And so here is the bucket that we burned the mortgage at the old building in February, 2011. We called it Big Sunday. It was a big surprise. And this is what the plaque says, a celebration of God's faithfulness and Pastor Coulter's perseverance. The mortgage is paid in full. Amen. And, and we have never had to have a mortgage here at this building. It's good news. And this is one of the, I call this, this is one of our rocks from the Jordan. When God does a miracle, as you're walking through the Jordan, I want you to pick up some rocks to remember the things that God has done. And so if you are new here to the city church and you came in somewhere along in these last 10 years, I just want you to know that this isn't just a bucket. This is a rock from the Jordan. This is a rock of God's faithfulness. This is a rock of God's miracle working timing and provision. Amen. <laughs> Go ahead and take your seats. And so when we got the keys for this building. I have an 83-year-old dad right here now, but he, I have a really good picture of a 72-year-old dad to show you. And we were walking up to the building and I had the key in my hand. He's like, okay, go ahead and open the building, Brett. And I said, dad, there is no way <laughs> that I'm gonna be the first one to turn the key in this building. When you have a dream and 20 years later, you get to walk it out and that's the moment when you turn the key, will we be debt free? And so I say all of that to encourage you, don't give up on your dreams. God is a faithful God, but you can't give up. You gotta persevere. You gotta stay in the game. So it's from that story that I talked to you a little bit about Vision Sunday today. In this building, over the last 10 years, we've had 520 Sundays. Most of them in person, some of them online only. We've had many salvations and healings and marriages restored and many encounters with the presence of God, many 
baptisms, many tears and laughter, many city kids services and city kids events, many Bible studies, many youth gatherings and youth conferences. We've had pastors gatherings. We've had church leadership gatherings. We've had men's events. We've had women's events. There's been thousands of conversations in the room and in the lobby. Thousands of prayers prayed for each other. Some weddings and a few funerals. And we are so thankful for all that God has accomplished in these last 10 years. But man, we're just getting started. How, how much more could we do? How many more people could we feed in our city? How many more people could we preach the gospel to in our city? How many people far from God could we draw them home to God? How many people who are struggling in their discipleship and understanding of God that we can lead them to the foot of the cross and to Jesus? How many people can we continue to pray for? How many children can we minister to so that they set their lives on the foundation of Jesus that we were singing about? How many young people can we teach to the ways of God as opposed to the ways of culture? How many? How many can we do? I don't know exactly, but I would say that we should find out. I would say that we should put in our faithfulness to match God's faithfulness, and we should put in our generosity to match God's generosity, to see what God could do. How many other churches could we be a blessing to? How many other pastors and, and teams and staff teams, can we encourage and encourage them to stay in the game because of what God has done for us? So on this Vision Sunday, I have a few encouragements, but then I have a challenge for you. Are you ready for a challenge today? Everybody online, are you ready for a challenge today? Come on, are you ready for a challenge today? No, Pastor Brent, just make us feel good. No. <laughs> and, and I, you know, and we all need to be like my dad back in the day. Do you know what I mean? We all need to take a stand for the things of God. And we all need to be like, the family of God is really important. The church is really important. 2022. And it's not just important because we're here. It's important because Jesus can make a difference in everybody's life. And this is what we want and this is what we desire and to lift up the name of Jesus and to make his name great is our desire. And my dad would be the first to say, even though that he, was, he and my mom were faithful and they persevered, they're like, all glory to God. All glory to God for this church building. All thanks to God for what he has done. But we need to have that same perseverance we need to have that same no quit. We need to have that same, the church is really important. So as, as we are where we are in the world right now, and, and as we're moving actually, if you, I don't know if you know, but we're moving towards no capacity limits for church. I have an encouragement for everybody who's joining us online. If you have only been online, the last two years, my challenge to you is to make plans to come back. Yeah. 
and, and we are all here and we, we're, you know, we're like the first ones in the pool and we say, hey, the water's fine. It's good. So there's no condemnation. I'm not condemning anybody. That's only felt comfortable to be online, but uh, let's come back to the building. And the, the, the most important group that I would say for us to come back to the building is our kids, friends. For the kids. Listen, we can't tell kids this is church. Can't do it. Because they're watching screens with you all of the time. How is it different for a four-year-old to know that this is entertainment and this is church? Amen. So our kids so important. God is a God of generations. So we only have City Kids available right now in our first service, but we need to make City Kids available in our second service. And what do we need to do that, friends? We need some City Team members, and we only need about 20 to 30 City Team members to say, hey, Julianne, I'm ready to sign up for City Kids. Our kids are really important. Our kids have gone through it in the last couple years. Wouldn't you agree? So they need to have that foundation of Jesus taught to them in community and they need to see other families. Oh, they serve God too. Look at that family. Their, their, their family worships God too. That family sets their life on Jesus. That family gathers to give and to worship and just put God at the center of our lives. So whether it's new team members or team members that you've been taking a break, break time is over, friends. For the kids, come on, you gotta have that in your heart, how important our kids are. All right, so you're ready for some vision today? I have no idea what time-wise where I'm at. All right, we're good. I got two things for you. I've got a thought about vision and then I have some action steps. Are you ready for some action steps today? Habakkuk 2 verse one says, as I will take my stand at my watch post and station myself on the tower and I will look out to see and what he will say to me and whatever I will answer concerning my complaint. And the Lord answered me, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so he may run with it who reads it on the watch post. Are, are we watching out for each other? Are we watching out for this generation? And listen, I'm gonna say something in a non-argumentative way. So please don't argue with me in your mind because I want you to be safe and I want you to be healthy. But we can't prioritize. Oh, we gotta be safe and have a whole generation miss out on the things of God. Amen. When God sent Moses to Egypt, to set the captives free, the children of Israel, he wasn't, you know what, Moses, it's really gonna be a safe time for you. And we gotta take the challenge. We gotta take the challenge. We can't let fear overcome our lives. Be wise, be healthy, but don't let fear dominate your life. We know that to be true. The, our friends and the government are telling us, hey, we shouldn't be afraid. 
And I'm kind of like, yes, this is what I've been saying for two years. But Pastor Brent, don't you know what's going on in the world? Yeah, that's what I just said. Be healthy, be wise, but don't let fear dominate your life. We've got a mission to do. God has blessed us with this building, not so that we can just be a broadcast location. Thank God that we can broadcast. But this is, this is for the worshiping family of God to gather together, together. This is what the church is all about togetherness. And this is why we have been open every Sunday that we could these last two years. We weren't gonna... We weren't going to self-close. Amen. Amen. Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint, but blessed is he who keeps the law. So what is our New Testament church family vision that we have from the scripture? And this is where it comes from. It doesn't come from something that I make up. It doesn't come from something that I dream up. It actually comes from the word of God. Second Timothy chapter two, verse one says, then you then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. We've been, we've been suffering, haven't we, last couple of years? Hasn't life been suffering? But could we look back uh, in history of the world and see that there's been worse times of suffering? Yeah. Come on now, right? Yeah. I mean, we're, again, we're suffering with Wi-Fi and groceries that can be delivered to our house. Like back in the day, you, like if you didn't go put, plant seed in your field, your family would die. But we're like, yeah, I just need some groceries. Oh, I'm suffering. I'm suffering for the Lord. <laughs> Sharing the suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in a civilian pursuit since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. What's our aim? Our aim is to please God. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It is the hard working farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Think, listen, I love this, how this ends. Think over what I say. The Lord will give you understanding. We've got to think about what Paul was writing to Timothy. See, and, and my dad's dream for the church was this building that we're in. I think about it, this is a story I love to tell to you. He wasn't pastoring anymore when we moved into the building, but it was his dream and it was his faith that brought us to this moment. And one of the things that he did during our renovations is he walked around with a broom and a garbage can. And he cleaned up after the construction workers. Construction workers, we love you, but you're a mess. <laughs> and we need you, but you're messy. And at the end of it, the construction manager said he had never worked on a more clean construction site because somebody was walking in their dream. 
And he was done pastoring. So who was he cleaning up for? He was cleaning up for you and me. He was cleaning up for our kids and our grandkids and the kids who aren't born yet. Do, do we have any of that? Do we have any of that devotion? Do we have any of that fight in us to look past all of the things that's happening in the world and the side taking and be like, you know what? I'm going to be a good soldier. Lord, what do you want me to do? What, what, what do I need to do now? And trust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And this is the plan of discipleship that we do this together, that I am teaching you and you are teaching others and those others are teaching others and others are teaching others. This isn't all on me, friends. <laughs> this is for us as a family. But I'll teach you and you'll teach the kids and those kids will teach other kids. This is the faithfulness of the family of God. See, there's a whole bunch of one another's in the New Testament. And these one another's can only happen when we're together. That when we make an effort to be together, and that's why in the series back in the fall, when you know our, our numbers were very limited, I was like, hey, get together with somebody because we gotta do the New Testament. And what does the New Testament tell us to do to pray for one another, to care for one another, to love one another, to serve one another, to honor one another, to be devoted to one another, to instruct one another, to accept, encourage, be patient, be kind, forgive, bear one another's burdens, submit to each other, confess our sins to each other, to live in harmony with each other, to be hospitable, to use our gifts to serve. God has given you and I some gifts so that we can do all of these things for each other because we are a family. We're a family. And we could do a measure through screens, thank God for, we cannot do the whole thing. We can't do that whole thing on our own looking at a screen. Thank God for technology. But we can't do it through a screen. Matthew 28, verse 16 says this. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when he saw them, they worshiped him. But some doubted it. Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. What's our vision? Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So for us to make disciples, we have to be a disciple. And, and what is this demarcation point for us that we actually are calling ourselves a disciple, that I'm, I know that I'm a disciple of Jesus. What am I a recipient of? I'm a recipient of God's love that I'm aware of through Jesus. So I'm going to 
boil this down for you a little bit. It's like baptizing all nations. That's so big and it's so many things. But here's where it starts. And this is the challenge that I have for everybody in the room today, everybody watching online today. I want you to boil down all nations to one person and start there. Who is one person this year in the next little while that I can help be a disciple? Who's one person right now that I know at church that might be going through it or, or somebody at church who's maybe their marriage is struggling and, and your marriage is strong? Who is that person that is struggling with sickness and disease that you have a healing testimony and you can pray for? Who is that person that you know is completely far from God that actually needs a church community to be part of? They don't know God at all. You can invite them to the house. Hey, have them check it out online, but be your ultimate goal. Hey, you gotta come with me. Come with me to the house and you're gonna see a family like no other. So here are action steps. You ready for some action steps? Romans chapter five, verse one. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. Is anybody's endurance a little bit stronger after these last two years. Come on now. Hey, you made it through, coming through on the other side. You're gonna tell your kids and your grandkids about this one day when they're crying about something stupid. You can be like, hey, it was nothing like 2020 through 2022. <laughs> Listen, endurance produces character. Character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though through perhaps a good person, one would even dare to die. But God shows his love for us even while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Listen, God has poured his love on the inside of you so that you can experience it and you can know him and that you know that you are accepted in God because of what Jesus has done, but it doesn't stop there. He's poured it into you so you can experience it, but also so you can share it. This, this is what church is all about. This is what being a part of the family is all about. This is what inviting other people into the family is all about. This is what teaching kids and city kids is all about. That God has done for us something through Christ. That the giver of life has a way for us to live life connected with him. 
So who is the one this year that God wants you to pray for and to love and to be in contact with for real, face-to-face, at church, at a restaurant, somewhere, because this is the call. Final verses, Luke 15, verse one. Now the tax collectors and sinners were drawing near to him, to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told this parable. What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the 99 in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he came home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors saying with me, saying with them, rejoice with me. I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so I tell you, there will be way more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents and over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. Listen, friends, God is going after the one. Are we? Because this is what he's doing. This is his heart. Be wise, be healthy, but we gotta follow the spirit of God. Because he's going after those people that are far from him. He's going after those in our family that are struggling and those that are lonely and those that are having the worst two years of their lives. We gotta be engaged. What is the kingdom ways that you have for us to live out? See, and what's, what's the thing that should inspire us? It is the love of God poured into our hearts. Now, the love of God is not some saccharine, empty thing. It is the strong love of God. It is the transformative love of God. It is the healing power of the love of God. It's the forgiving power of the love of God that God loves us so much that he doesn't let us stay the same. It's constantly changing us. And that love that he's pouring into your life, he wants it to flow out of you to others that you can pray for and you can serve and you can care for. And you can carry their burdens with them. So this is what we want. This is what we want in this moment, in this time, that we would have God give us a brand new vision for the people that he loves and he cares about because we know that he cares about all of the people, but there's somebody that he's gonna be placing on your heart, somebody that only you can connect with in the world. There's somebody in your world 
that God wants you to minister to, to share the love of Christ with them. Let's just pray today. God, we love you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness as a church family. We're so thankful, Lord, for what you have blessed us with in this building. But we know, Lord, that the building is not for the building's sake, that you love people and that you wanna gather a family in Mississauga that lifts up the name of Jesus says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That nobody comes to you, Father, except through Jesus. And so we thank you, Lord, that you have poured out your love upon us, that you are filling us up again with a fresh vision of your kingdom and what your kingdom is all about. Lord, forgive us that we have been distracted, that we've been consumed by other things, that you are calling us to be good soldiers in your family, good athletes and farmers in your family, that we would do the work of the kingdom. We just bless you and we thank you for that, Father. In Jesus' name, let's all stand up together that today our team is gonna lead us in a couple more songs.